1: All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Jack Hanks with us. Jack is the CEO and founder of VPA Claims Adjusting. So he is here to talk about a topic that we don't really talk a lot about, but is very important, which is insurance claims. You know, if you own enough real estate long enough, eventually you're going to run in. You're gonna need them. You're gonna need somebody who can help you out with your uh, with things that inevitably go wrong. So, Jack, I am super excited to talk about this. Thank you very much for hopping on the show.
0: Thanks, man. We're excited to talk about the uh, the crazy world of claims adjusting.
1: So. <laughs> I'm sure you have great stories. Oh for my sure. god! Yeah. All right. I told you before we get on here, we'd like to start with stories. Um, I know you're not specifically an investor yourself, but you're, you know, you're in the war- the realm of real estate. So why don't you just tell us how'd you get into uh, claims adjusting in the beginning?
0: So I was a uh, restoration general contractor for over 20 years in several markets, including I did a lot of work in the Seattle area as well. Um, and then, you know, it got to the point where insurance companies started getting tighter and tighter mm. and they started, uh, uh, you know, Pinching down on the claim, so I I, I quit uh, quit that world about seven years ago and became a uh, licensed public adjuster. And uh, it's a crazy different world we're living in, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's fascinating what we see every day and the and the in the lack of uh, integrity and lack of uh, they don't want to pay their claims anymore. So our job is to fight those guys and, and get it right and get get you guys the money you can to get these properties put back together again after a hurricane or a flood or fire or hailstorm. So. Yep.
1: I love it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this because I feel like insurance um, and well, insurance itself and just the world of claims adjusting well, is something. It's probably the topic that I know the least about in real estate. So it's something that I can definitely benefit from. Um, so let's just begin why don't you tell us uh, take us through what a claims adjuster does what your guys's role is in the process um and when you know when you're called onto onto duty for an investor like
0: myself so our only job is to we represent insurers like yourself when they have a property damage claim um insurance companies don't aren't, aren't big fans of us because we actually we're like we're like having a cpa to do your taxes um the insurance company wants to control the narrative of. You know they want to they want to bring your premium in, and then when you do have a claim, they want to control what they pay you on a claim. Um, we're we're hired by uh, by the insured and the, the property owners to come in and basically represent them, document the claim, read the policy, find all the necessary coverages that apply to that claim, um, apply them property, write detailed estimates, and submit all the documentation on on your behalf to make sure you're getting paid properly because. Typically, insurance companies, as you can guess, only want to pay about 15 to 20% of the actual value of the claim, not the full claim. So our job is to come in and kind of put the cape on with the, with the cowboy hat and do what we do and make sure you guys are indemnified properly. So when you do get that check, you can hire the right general contractor to come in and get the work done because you only get one shot to do a claim right. And when you do it wrong, you're basically hurting yourself and your property because, you know, these, you know, a, a fire claim, a health claim can be devastating. And if you do it wrong and you're paying out of pocket, that's not a very profitable way to do business. So, um, our job is to get it right, get it cleaned up and then get you guys paid at the end of the day.
1: Perfect. Yeah, no. And, uh, I'm sure, you know, the, th- the first time that I dealt with an insurance claim was actually the first property I bought. Um, it was oh. a, uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. The, it was a triplex and we had um one of the tenants stop paying rent. And so we evicted him. Um, but he gave us a parting gift on his way out. Yeah. He uh he plugged the sink and he turned on the faucet, flooded the entire bottom unit. Um, and so there was, you know, water. I think it was up to like three or four inches um, oh, on yeah. the ground there. And so we we had to deal with the insurance claim. Um, and it was the longest process. I mean, it was longer than a short sale. It's just oh. it was ridiculous. Um
0: We tell our clients, um, they ask, you know, people always want to ask how long, how long, how long, and they're shocked when I tell them when we're involved, it's usually a year by the time the claim gets filed and we get the appropriate documentation done. We get it, we get it moving. We get you guys paid, you get settled, you get the contractor, you get the work done you get, I mean, it's a year process and it's, it's exhausting. I, I, I mean, we do it for a living. So we're very used to the, the process of it all, but I, I feel bad for some of the insurance. Like they are thinking it's a 30, 60 day thing and it's not, it, Insurance companies want to hold every last nickel they can, right, to, to not pay that out. So it's like it's getting a pair of pliers to pull that money out of them. And then, you know, at the same time, you guys got to find the proper general contractor to get the work done, which in itself is is, is time-consuming and, and a heartache all at one time. So it, it's a it's a long, drawn-out process, and there's reasons for that because, you know, the insurance company wants to keep their nickels and dimes in the bank to gain that interest. And so to pry it out of them, it's, it's quite the charge as you get as you learned and as yep. you know, through your own experience there.
1: So, yep. And there's a, so there's a few things that I kind of want to really dive into that I myself um, don't really understand. One of them is, well, first, just the process of the, the you know, the insurance claim process um, and where you guys come in and what, what someone can expect once they have a catastrophe hit. Um, and actually let's just start there. Why don't you run us through the process yeah, of so, what it looks like?
0: Well what a lot of people and you know investors and property owners don't really understand is it's the insured's responsibility to present their loss to the carrier. Nobody yeah. knows that. So right. most people let the insurance company have their adjuster come out who's getting paid by the insurance company to bring their own experts out, their own contractors out who are all getting paid by the insurance company to document the loss and get the loss paid. Well, that's not how it's supposed to work. It's it's the insured's responsibility to to Present the loss to the carrier. So what we do when we're hired, we have a letter rep signed um, and a in a contract signed, of course, um, and we are paid a, a percentage of the claim as as, as things are paid out. Uh, it's usually around ten percent. Um, we basically um, represent the entire claim process. We ask that the insured no longer talks to the carrier. We do all that because you're basically guilty until proven innocent is the problem, right? So we send our documentation team out. They go through the claim. We have three D imaging we use. Uh, to go top and bottom of that building, we pull. We pull. If it's a weather event, we pull the weather data for that particular on meteorology report for that particular address because weather change, especially in your area, it could be sunny and then two seconds later, you got hail, wind going crazy, right? So we pull the event of the time of of it happening, and we document the loss. We read the policy to find all the little nooks and crannies of of coverage that they're not going to talk about, and then we package it up um, and do what's called a proof of loss which is a notarized form stating to the best of our abilities, this is the loss that occurred on this date and here's the associated damages and here's why the insurers owed this money. And then of course the insurance company gets that and goes, ah, you guys are way off. And then they present something back to us. And we, we basically, it's a, at that point, it's a negotiation process back and forth. And you can imagine, um, we closed the claim yesterday in Texas. Uh, we had 97 email correspondence back and forth with the carrier to get the one point four million dollars, so um, part of our job is to grind these claims out, and basically just keep pecking on their shoulder till, they, till it gets it right. And I can assure you, uh, that's why I'm lacking on, on top of the hairline because <laughs> your hair falls out sometimes trying to trying to deal with these guys. So it, it is a long process, but um, once again, you know we're licensed to negotiate claims on behalf of the insurer, the property owners, and. Um, you know, what, what, what I tell my clients, like you guys are great at investing. You know how to find the the good deals and the rehab, these things. Um, I w- I don't know the first thing about that. What I do know is how to get a claim paid properly, efficiently into the proper dollar amount. Um, I don't like the word maximum. I like the word proper because we're not here to embellish the claim. We're here to get it right. Mm-hmm. So if the claim is a dollar, I'll get you a dollar. You know, if it's a million dollars, we'll get you a million, but I can't get you $2 million on a million dollar claim. It doesn't work that right. way. That's kind of a big fallacy in our world um it is what it is right yeah. so
1: period. The, the main issue is it sounds like that the insurance companies are actually they're lowballing you and sure, that you're sure. just you're just trying to get it up to parity you're just trying to bring it up to 100% of what should be paid you make yeah, sure that, I mean, that is paid
0: exactly so people forget right insurance companies are a for profit organization yep. their ceo's job is to make sure their stockholders not the policyholders but the stockholders um, are are getting their return on on their on their shares. That's their job, right? So, and if I'm the CEO of Allstate or American Family, that's I would be doing the same thing. I'm, I'm there to make sure that my shareholders are taken care of, and the only only way they do that is via the policyholders' premiums, and then trying to negotiate smaller settlements on the back end. So they're trying to control both narratives, and our job is to kind of make sure the back end is is keeping up with the front end. So it, it, it's a chore, I can I, I can assure you. So.
1: So um when I so I'm just kind of taking it from my my perspective when I did that one claim um does the insurance cover lost rent and uh for instance if like my self storage facility were to have a fire um and say like six units are taken out of commission does it cover the you just said you know sometimes it takes up to a year to get the the insurance claim back in you know completed. so in during that year time, that's a year's rent that's lost. Is that covered in the insurance claim or is that um, is it just the the actual physical damage that's covered?
0: So it depends on your policy. i can i can mm-hmm. I can assure you ninety percent of the policies you have probably do cover what's called business income loss. okay. so if you have six six units that are down for a year, um we have to document that as well, pulling leases and showing your financial statements, things like that. We have to document that part of the loss. But it's called business income loss so technically let's say that those units are down for a year and you're getting 300 bucks a month for them they would they your policy would allow you to recoup that money yes on an, okay. on a, but you have to incur that loss right you can't just say it is we have to prove it and go through all the paperwork but yeah that is part of it so I can most I would say 90% of the commercial policies do have the business income loss and i I, I really highly suggest all the listeners and yourself as well pour your policy out Pull all your policies, make sure you have that BI income because that can be as you know, it's one thing to get the money to put the thing back together again, but you're actually losing that revenue. So you want to make sure you have that as well because the whole idea of insurance is to make you whole at the end of the day. Whole being is you didn't lose any rent. You, you shouldn't lose money because of an insurance claim. You should be at the at the end of those 12 months, you should be even to where you were, yep. besides all the headaches and the rig and roll. But financially, you should be made whole. That's the idea of insurance is to spread that risk out. So I would encourage everyone to pull their policies, read that part. The key word is business income loss. That's what you want to learn. Income loss. Okay. Uh And
1: that kind of leads into my next question is um, what are the key things, you know, all the, all the commercial investors out there listening to this episode, they, you know, I've gotten insurance on how many properties and I still don't know, you know, I know general liability. I know all that stuff, but there aren't, specific things that I really know to look for. Um, for instance, terrorism insurance comes up all the time and I always say no, but I, I mean, I only say no because I don't I don't feel like terrorism is a thing that should ever happen to my uh, facilities, but I, I don't really know what that covers. So what is it that you think um, most investors or most owners out there overlook that they should really be taking a second look at?
0: So, like all of us, the minute we have to get insurance policy, what's the first thing we say? Give me the cheapest thing I can get my yeah, hands on. Yeah, right? And I sure.
1: I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I look at it like God, I can save three, I can save $300 by getting this without tow coverage on my on my daughter's vehicle, right? And next thing you know, she totals it and I'm paying for a tow charge and rentals, which whatever. So it's it's human nature. All of us are here to save every nickel, every dime. So we always want to, we always tell our broker, hey man, get us the the best, smallest coverage I can get my hands on. Well, then something happens and then we're ticked off at ourselves, right? So the biggest thing I can I, I can tell people is depending on where you're at, look at your, um, we do a lot of hurricane work, right? So make sure your hurricane deductibles are small enough because if you have a 5% hurricane and or wind and or hail deductible, you're looking at a four or 500,000 deductible sometimes. And you're basically co-insuring that roof. That's a lot. So look at that. Make sure your policies are RCV not ACV, um, which means so what happens is, you, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollar claim and you have an RCV policy, which is uh, and what real, does that cash stand for? real cash value, real yeah, okay. cash value. Yeah, so let's say that you would you, you're old whole, a whole hundred uh-huh. on an ACV policy, which is actual cash value. Um, you're only owed a depreciated value, and mm-hmm. like you all know, the minute you buy something, things start to depreciate. Metal roofs don't depreciate as fast, but shingle roofs, foam roofs. Uh, which shake roofs depreciate substantially. So in 10 or 15 years, that roof may only be worth half what it is, and you're selling out of pocket the other 50% to get that roof replaced, for instance. So I would make sure you have RCV policies, which is full replacement costs. Um, Make sure your deductibles are low enough to handle. And that, like we just talked about, make sure you have a business income loss valuation in your policy to make sure that when something does, and it will eventually when you have enough properties, right, something's going to happen that you have that business income loss, whether it's lost rent or lost or whatever that, whatever your business is, you're getting that money recouped out of the carrier. Make sure you have those, those three things are very, very, very important. So okay. high deductibles yeah. aren't always the best thing to have. I can assure you, I got, we have claims that have million dollar deductibles and it's a, and they have $900,000 our loss, So there's no money for them. It's, yeah, and they're freaking out. I'm like, well, that's what it's called buyer beware. Right. Yep. Um, and no lawyer, no public adjuster can overturn those deductibles. They are what that's just, your policy is your contract that you purchased with your insurance company. So we're you are you are both both sides are bound by that contract.
1: Okay. And make sure that the deductible is low. That's a very yeah, good reason to know. Right? That's uh, like health insurance. Uh, some policies out there, it's like, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, but their deductible is like $20,000 for, oh, <laughs> for oh, health
0: insurance. Oh, yeah. My, I think my health insurance deductible is 20 grand a, or Fifteen or twenty grand, I'm still paying eighteen hundred bucks a month for my health insurance. So, yeah, we want to avoid that as much as we can because once again, you don't need it until you need it, and when you need it, it's important. You're not scraping up for some huge funds just to pay your deductible. You know,
1: yep, awesome. So the the one thing that I deal with on a freaking day to day business or a day to day (laughs) issue that arises in my self storage facilities is vandalism. I have people breaking into doors, breaking locks, breaking fences, whatever it is, they they're going to break it. and so I deal with that all the time, but I don't submit a, uh, an insurance claim just because it's so small. Yeah. But when it comes to vandalism, what is covered um, generally in an insurance claim?
0: Well, it depends on your, on your policy. You can purchase whatever you want in insurance policy. So vandalism typically is covered um, in, in your policy. But once again, your deductible kicks in. I'm mm-hmm. guessing you probably have a $2,500 deductible on your policy. And I'm guessing most of your stuff isn't going to hit that mark. So you got to be very careful you're not a habitual claim uh claim guy because they will cancel that policy. You become a huge risk for them. Um so you want to be very that's you got to be very selective on what what you want to turn into the carrier because you don't want to have a bit, you don't have 10 little claims because they will they will get rid of you and you're going to go from a, a a decent insurance carrier down to a, a sub B or a, a sub C carrier and then your rates are going to go through the roof and you're going to have even crappier coverage than you have before. So these, these smaller, like when you get a ding on your car, same thing. I would not turn stuff like that in just because it's, there's a thing called a clue report on every property. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like your credit report on your property. It, it lists every, every claim y'all had on the property. And, mm. you know, I suggest when you buy these properties, you probably want to get a copy of that to see what's been done to that property claim wise. Um, so I, 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 I caution my clients not to be a habitual claim guy because, it's so hard to get coverage on that stuff a little it's insurance isn't really geared for little stuff it's it's there to or mitigate the large yeah. risk right you know a, a fire a flood a hurricane hail wind things like that these little onesie twosie things man that's why it gets sticky and um you know if why turn a three thousand dollar claim when you have a 25 it's it's not worth the 400 bucks it's really not yep. so yeah I, I i look at the insurance as a catastrophe situation not a not a onesie twosie thing. Cause it, it can get out of hand very quickly and it's going to cost you more in the long run to, to recoup those costs.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned clue report. That's actually something pretty useful for due diligence. I'd never heard of that before. So
0: yeah. You, every Yeah. When you go to buy a property, I would get with your broker and say, and they, they can look at the loss runs on that property and they can tell you, Hey, was there a fire? Was there a flood? And then you can see if the repairs are done properly because that could actually help you buying. If, if, if somebody got a check a few years ago for a couple hundred grand and didn't do the work, you know, you you got to look at that because that's going to be hard to get insurance on that. So you got to make, you know, I would pull that, ahead, have your broker, when you're looking to buy a property, pull the, pull the insurance claim run on that every time to make, to see what was going on there. And hopefully it's, if there was a claim, it was handled and was paid. It was those, those repairs were done because what you don't want to have done is, you know, that it got, they got, let's say you had a hail claim in 2020 and the guy put the money in his pocket and didn't do the work. You're not going to get paid again for a hell claim on that same property. You only get paid once until the work is done. You're basically mm. self-insuring that at that time. So you can be very careful with stuff like that. Yeah. It's a whole different one. I'm telling you, it's a. it sounds boring, but it's a, the stuff we get calls on all the time. It's just like, dear God, you know, We're, we are very much the bearer of bad news a lot is the problem. So it <laughs> makes,
1: makes sense. Um, yeah. I did check the... The clock, we are running out of time. But before we do that, we uh, before we go on to the quick question round, um, you were talking about small claims. Don't submit them. Totally makes sense to me. Um, yeah. What if you had... So can you... I'm just thinking back to myself storage facilities. Um, like I swear to God, it's like every other week somebody breaks a door or kicks in a door or something like that. If I were to wait for say 10, 20 of those to happen and then submit them all at once, is that suggested? Or is it just don't, don't even look at those, just wait until something big happens?
0: So insurance is per so every one of those is its own loss. It's per mm-hmm. occurrence. Okay. Yep. So if Mr. Jones kicks in a door, and Mrs. Smith kicks in a door, and John and each one of those is a, a separate claim. Yep. Has, each, each event is is individually tagged so that I, I mean honestly you just it's cost not even worth it, work, it. Brother. yeah it sucks i get it but it, it sucks yep yep makes sense
1: yep all right well that does wrap it us we do have to move into the quick question round but i i appreciate you uh, coming on and, and sharing that knowledge oh, it's insurance is something that yep all of us need to know we wish to we did too. yep exactly um so yeah let's jump into the quick question round are you ready i am ready let's do it. it starts with books or any form of education um i'm a big bookie so give me two recommendations one for general life wisdom one for real estate specific or insurance specific
0: um so the book i am reading right now it's called pay up by uh chip merlin um so chip is from merlin law group he's kind of the uh guru of insurance claims he kind of started doing this in the late or early 80s so he's been there done that he's a great litigation attorney um I read. I go to him all. He has a blog. It's it's great. The second book I've been reading. uh, It's actually an audio book because I don't have time to sit and read all the time. It's called Traction Tools. It's an EOS uh, business system we've implemented, and it's made my life uh, a living hell. At the same time, it's been the greatest thing I've ever done. So um, it's kind of putting roles together and taking titles away and it's been great for us. So, but I, I, I do want to kill myself half the time, but the other half the time it's been, it's been, it's been great. So it's has it's, it's a, it's a mind change a mind shift is what it is for business. Awesome. I love yeah. it.
1: And that kind of leads to the next question. Um, this is four tools, tools. Uh, we all, we live and die by the tools we use um, especially software tools. So if you can point to one tool software system that you use day in and day out that you feel contributes the most to your business, uh, what tool would that be?
0: Uh, we have a thing called claim wizard and every piece of paper every email every photo it it lives and breathes our business it's an app on our phone it's on our laptops um every 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 claim gets opened up to that and every it just gathers all the information to one spot and and, and put, it puts it all together so we do have a um a question i can literally go on a sunday night and look but somebody has a question and it's right there it's been it's been great for us so
1: perfect i love it Yep. Uh, That moves us on to the next one. This is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Jack who had no experience in claims, he was just getting started. So go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward.
0: Uh, Get out of the construction business a hell of a lot earlier and become a claims adjuster. Uh, (laughs) I I wish I would have done this 15 or 20 years earlier. um, And and I didn't, I don't regret it. I I mean, I learned a lot along the, the path was great, but this is a much healthier uh, family business to be in. And it is a construction company because I was a contractor. It was living hell. So I, I enjoy this 10 times better. I appreciate all contractors out there, but man, oh, I can not do that I, job. Appreciate I couldn't it. do it anymore. It was, it was exhausting. Um, I, I give them all the credit in the world. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't mentally do it anymore.
1: All right, that moves us on to the next question. Um, we are all gifted with specific strengths, um, something that we individually contribute to this world. So what is your Superman strength? Uh, what are you exceptional at?
0: You know, um, I think a lot of it, I, I work hard and hard work does not scared me. So I think that's kind of my strength. Um, sometimes it's a detriment because I, you know, that we say your biggest strength is your biggest weakness. So sometimes my hard work, uh, it it costs relationships, family time. Um, I tend to put work first, which I'm getting a hell of a lot better at. Um, But the hard work and the grind, I actually, I excel the busier we are. When I have nothing to do, I'm the worst employee in the history of the world. Um, (laughs) When I have a zillion things to do, we perform like magic. So um, that's probably my Superman strength. So patience is not my Superman strength by any means. So.
1: That's funny. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. When when there's uh, not a lot to do, I'm so unproductive. I can have oh. one task and it'll take me 10 years to get that one task done. But if I have 100 tasks that I need to yeah. do, I'm going to be pumping them out like, uh, like nobody's business. Yeah, I'm, so.
0: I'm so old school. I use my yellow notepad every day. and The more stuff on it, I can check off the better. But I have three things. I'm a mess. So it's great.
1: <laughs> I love it. All right. And that leads us uh, to the second to last question. Um, you're not an investor yourself, but I'm going to ask this question anyways. The United States, it's a big place. There's a lot of opportunity out there, a lot of square miles to invest in. So what metro are you most excited about that is not your backyard?
0: Well, I live in Scottsdale. And like I said before the podcast, started, our, our real estate's went up 58% here and it's, it's going to start to crash again. Um you know, I I was actually on Zillow looking at the Dallas market. It seems to be the mm-hmm. most always the most stable. That that Houston Dallas. I don't think Texas ever really gets the full punch of either side like we get in certain areas. Um, so I was actually looking at. I have a lot of friends in Dallas, so I actually could uh, move there and get a twice uh, as big house as I have now for the same amount of money. So that that Dallas market's always been intriguing to me. Uh, plus, there's a ton of claims there for us. So, I, w- I would always think about Dallas to be a little more stable than what I have here in Scottsdale. I can tell you that. Yep,
1: Dallas is a is a great market for sure. I have a uh, two self storage facilities out there, oh, cool. and uh, I the I only I bought them what a year and a half ago, two years ago, and I never knew how freaking big Dallas is. It is Dallas, Fort Worth, mm. huge, just giant cities. Like it Dude. takes forever to drive through them.
0: No, it's, my it's mind. yeah, it's like two hours from one side to the other. So yeah, it's nuts. That's, yep. that's absurd. All
1: right, and that leads us to the very last question. You have given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people out there want to reach out with questions about insurance claims. So, what is the best way for somebody to get a hold of you?
0: The best way is email. My email address is jack j a c k at v p a dot claims. Victor Paul Allen dot claims, Perfect. and uh, yeah, we do about a thousand claims a year. So. I prefer people ask questions up front before they have something going on, but we're licensed in 38 states. We handle claims coast to coast, north, south, east, west. Um, we're here to help you guys. Um, ear- earlier questions are better than later questions. So plan this. Th- I know you don't want to plan for this stuff, but you got to have a good team before the stuff really hits you because it could be devastating. I've seen people wiped out because of insurance claims. It's not fun. Yeah. So
1: I uh, I believe it, and that's why yeah. they want you need to get you in the corner before something bad happens. Totally Amen. makes sense to me.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Well, that
1: wraps it up, Jack. Thank you very much for hopping on the show.
0: Awesome, dude. Thank you. We appreciate being on.
1: Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. If you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the Real Estate Investing Club Other than that, as always, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the Top 100 Best Performing Keywords Pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the Contracts Bundle for Wholesaling and Renting Real Estate, which will give you access to all the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the Investor's Quick Analysis Calculator and Offer Tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the wholesalers template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently. To our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at the realestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I
0: look forward to seeing you on the next episode.
1: All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make.